and hello everyone and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones. We thank you for being part of our program as we're transmitting live from our various networks, www.twave.tv and our various networks. So we thank you for tuning in to our program. Hey, today we're going to continue in the book of Zechariah, looking at Zechariah chapter 11 as we talk about a word to the shepherds. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study Zechariah 11. We just pray, Lord, that you'll just open it up. Flood us, Lord, with the amazingness of your word and the prophetic messages that you have in there and the prophecies that are fulfilled so that we, Lord, may grow closer to you in our relationship. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Big Batista and Nathan Jones that we're transmitting live from our station. And, of course, today's program is sponsored by... Well, Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. And of course, if you find yourselves in this area, the Truth Will Set You Free would love to invite you this evening at 7.30 p.m. to be part of their study in the Minor Prophets, Book of Zephaniah. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the area, pass by our, we're located at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009, and be part of the action in the Word of God. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's so good to have you here. Great to be on, brother. Thanks for having me. I am super excited about today's program, Nathan, uh, because God is always at work, and uh, it's just exciting also to see what God has been doing uh, in your life, Nathan Jones. And uh, just before we start, Nate, um, I want to ask you, so tell me, how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> well, summertime, it's good to be back after vacation and uh, get back into sharing God's Word with people and back on the radio with you, brother. Uh, that is exciting. Thank you. Well, uh, last week, Nate, uh, we did something a little differently. And of course, um, uh, Pastor, uh, after Evangelist and Pastor uh, Tim LaHaye passed away. So uh, we yeah. broadcasted just a quick uh, memorial to him. And you knew uh, Dr. LaHaye very well and, and Dr. Reagan as well. You had him many times uh, there at Lamb Lion, right? Well, I, I can't say I knew him very well. Uh, obviously, I knew him through our ministry, which is Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, he'd been a frequent guest on our television show, Christ and Prophecy. Yes. I've uh, been to the pre-trib conference where he's, of course, uh, hosts that along with Dr. Tommy Eisen. That's where I met you, brother, all those years ago. So you and I are connected to him there. Uh, back uh, on our blog, which is the Christ and Prophecy Journal blog, we um, had, a, when we reached a thousand articles, we had a number of different major speakers if they would write an article and, and about Bible prophecy and say a little about the ministry. And Dr. LaHaye wrote a wonderful article and a very nice message about both me and the ministry, which was very sweet. And uh, My wife and I actually used one of his books, non-prophecy book, because you know he's known oh, best right. left behind books. But as a premarital book, that's my first connection with Dr. LaHaye, was that he was a premarital teacher. So uh, he's been throughout my life, and I wish I did get to know him better, but... Uh, the legacy left behind, man, so impressive. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, I, I want to say we were embodies, but he influenced so many of us uh, with his ministry and also biblical prophecy. And like I said, I want to thank you and Dr. Reagan for allowing me to be part of that interview uh, not that long ago where, where he was there. So I think it's just neat, uh, Nate, right? All these incredible individuals and the impact that they leave on our lives. Thank you. When, 
when you open your life up to letting the Lord work through you, God will do amazing things through you. And that's what Dr. Hay represented. He opened his life up to let the Lord work through him. And the Lord did amazing things through him. And it's a model that I hope we all adopt because that we all allow the Lord to work through us. And we'll be surprised about what the Lord accomplishes. Excellent point, Nathan. So again, uh, Nate, also before we start, would you mind uh, uh, just uh, maybe sharing a quick prayer for Tim LaHaye's family uh, now that we are talking about him? Certainly. Well, Lord, we thank you so much for the legacy that Dr. LaHaye left behind and the mighty work you did through him. And Lord, we thank you for all the lives that were changed for you. And uh, Lord, uh, he spent his life glorifying you. May we do the same. May we follow in footsteps. May we put all our faith and trust in you. And may you work great miracles in our lives so that we, Lord, might uh, leave a legacy that honors you and mm -hmm. helps build your kingdom. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Nate Jones. And we'll continue to pray for uh, his family. So that's why we're so excited for all the wonderful men and women that God has used to uh, influence our lives. And uh, in, in biblical prophecy, a topic, right, Nathan, that so many people uh, have shied away from and yet... We have certain individuals that have devoted their lives uh, to this, such as Dr. Reagan, uh, of course, Tim LaHaye, and so many others. And, and you and I, right, Nathan? That's what we're equipping the same for the work of the ministry here. Exactly, exactly. We want to follow in his footsteps uh, because we're excited about the topic. That's right. <laughs> the prophecy proves the Bible is the Word of God and we can put our faith and trust in it. Praise the Lord. And Nate, also real quick, uh, can you share with us again how many individuals can get a hold of talking about biblical prophecy, the wonderful book that you just brought forth? Well, uh, I released a book along with my co-author, Steve Howell, who's a pastor in Kansas, called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. Yeah. It's a book to teach people how to have stronger faith. Uh, each of the minor prophets faced a different faith challenge. They learned something. They overcame their faith doubts and they grew in their relationship with the Lord, and that's what the book's about. You can get it on our website at uh, lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org, as well as Kindle and Nook, both carry the e-version and Mm, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, we pray for those of you that are tuned in live. And we see a bunch of you are tuning in live via uh, TV and also uh, Calvary, uh, Aventura. So again, uh, just these are great resources for you to grow in your knowledge uh, in the Lord. So thank you so much, Nathan Jones, for sharing that with us. Nathan, uh, also another resource that we're putting forth is really this book of Zechariah. You and I have been taking biblical prophecy from a verse to verse, uh, chapter by chapter approach, and we find ourselves in Zechariah chapter 11. And Nate, before we move forward in chapter 11, would you be able to share with us briefly chapter 10, what we talked about there? Maybe someone just tuned in and they weren't aware of the rest of the programs. Well, we're in the first of two oracles concerning the Messiah. Zechariah is the revelation of the Old Testament, kind of like Daniel. It has this filled with Bible prophecy, and Zechariah chapters 9 through 11 is an oracle. It's the oracle of the rejection of the Lamb. That's yes. about how the first coming of the Messiah would come, but it would be a shock. He would enter Jerusalem. He would ride on the colt instead of a white steed like a king, which we read in verses 9-9. And then it, we call that Palm Sunday today. It was a prophecy that Jesus fulfilled, that he would come triumphantly into Jerusalem as king, but he would be rejected as the Messiah, saying people that were sh shouting Hosanna in the highest one week, and a week later sh shouting crucify him, crucify him. And uh, obviously, this hurt God's feelings. I mean, you, when we get 
through 9 through 11, we hear the anger, first person anger, and the first person sorrow of Jesus the Messiah. And that's where we are in chapter 11, where Jesus continues to lament the fact that his own people that he's loved and cared for for hundreds of years have rejected him, even put him to death. Mm. Wow, incredible. And, and as we turn the pages, right, Nathan, to chapter 11, also we find, again, this, this, books, this book is filled also with, with prophecy, words of encouragement, and lessons that we can learn from personally. So if you could take us through chapter 11, Nathan, that would be fantastic. Well, the first part is 1 through 3. The, it continues the theme of uh, chapter 10, where to reject the Messiah means the right. destruction of the country. Little Jerusalem could never stand on its own without divine intervention. And so when they rejected the Messiah, the Messiah stepped back, God's mm. hand of protection left, and it would leave the land desolate. So verses 1 through 3 go, Open your doors, O Lebanon, that fire may devour your cedars. Wail, O cypress, for the cedar has fallen, because the mighty trees are ruined. Wail, O oaks of Bashan, for the thick forest has come down. There is the sound of wailing shepherds, for their glory is in ruins. There is the sound of roaring lions, for the pride of the Jordan is in ruins. Wow, you know, Nathan, and it's true, it reminds me like the Proverbs says, you know, regarding the righteous when, when you know, the righteous are absent and others rule the country, that this, uh, that's what we can expect, ruin. And uh, that's why it's so important to have godly men and women ruling and people letting God be ruler of their lives. Oh, exactly. I mean, there's three different countries here that happen not to be Israel. We've got Lebanon, which is north of Israel. We've yes. got Bashan, which is part of uh, the Golan Heights and Syria area. And we've got Jordan, which is on the other side of the Jordan River. And when the Romans, which would be the fulfillment of this prophecy, when the Messiah is rejected around 32 AD, then just mere 40 years later, the Romans came and they destroyed Israel. They destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the surrounding countries. Lebanon and Bashan and uh, Jordan, everything was conquered by the Romans and made the uh, burned by fire. Mm -hmm. The Romans even cut all the trees down in their three-year siege of Jerusalem. Wow. So they deforested the entire area. So here's a prophecy about the end of the cedars, the end of the trees, the wailing of the shepherds because their land where they took care of the sheep was destroyed. The sheep now had nothing to eat. Lions, wild animals would become roaming the land once more. And so this is talking about the ruination of the land that the beauty and the right. agriculture that God had given Israel would be taken away when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem. And, and Nathan, we know in the future, uh, a prophecy repeats itself. And this is why we pray for Israel. We pray for people. Uh, we pray for our nation, the United States of America. We see a lot of similarities. And that's why we need to continue to trust God and pray that the Lord would... Uh, uh, continue to that his word would, would abound so that was awesome and yeah Nate if you could continue to take us through that would be fantastic here Zechariah chapter 11 for any of you that maybe just tuned in now well the rest of the chapter is the prophecy of the shepherds and the Lord compares himself as the good shepherd to one who's called the worthless shepherd it starts in verse 4 thus says the Lord my God feed the flock for slaughter whose owners slaughtered them and feel no guilt those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their shepherds do not pity them. For I will no longer pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord, but indeed I will give everyone into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king. They shall attack the land, and I will not deliver them from their hand. Mm. You can really wow. feel in verses 4 through 6 the anger of, of Jesus as he was rejected. I mean, here we get 
they were a chosen people all the way back from Abraham. They were protected, they were loved, uh, they were blessed. Yes. And yet we get to this point where the Messiah is rejected and we get to this section and now we can actually hear the anger and the bitterness in Jesus' word. And that's what man that amazes me about Bible prophecy. You know, Zechariah was uh, about 520 years before Jesus came. Right. To the and yet we're getting a first-person narrative of what Jesus would experience 500 years later, clearly showing God is outside of time. You know, Nathan, and this is why, uh, this is a very powerful passage, and I'm glad that you're talking about shepherds, and Jesus, of course, he is the good shepherd. He is the ultimate shepherd. But Nathan, we also realize, too, that, man, when, when, when we get under from the covering of the shepherds that care for us, I mean, we're really left out there to all sorts of wolves, right? We do, we do. God is our shepherd, and we need to be abiding in him and letting him protect us. But the Israelites didn't want that again and again yes. and again. They rejected him, and they ran after false shepherds. And finally, Jesus like, enough's enough. You rejected me. You even killed me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put you in the hand of the worthless shepherd, which we'll read more about later in the chapter. And Nathan, and of course, and, and I mean, just uh, the book of Isaiah, right? Nathan, chapter 53, and it just talks so much regarding uh, what they also they did to Jesus. So I, I thought this was fantastic, you know, uh, what we're looking here, how the, the Lord, uh, you know, he, he's... He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. But then he also uh, corrects sin, right, Nate? And people, that's the era that sometimes they want the good but not the bad. <laughs> yeah, when, Jesus, when people say that Jesus is a loving God, well, that, that is certainly true. Yes. But they negate the fact that we are made in his image. And so the emotions we feel, God feels as well. And so, like, well, God is a God, well, he doesn't feel anger or wrath or anything. No, that's an idol you've set up. That's not the real Jesus. Absolutely. When you read the Bible, the real Jesus goes through the entire gamut of emotions, just like we do. Mm -hmm. Man, if we were rejected by someone we love, like our children, and they even killed you, well, I think I'd be a little upset. And Jesus clearly is very upset here. You know, Nathan, that's, that's a good point. Talk about relationship here. We have. Nathan Jones and myself, and again, you are tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. And uh, uh, thank you for uh, those of you that are watching and listening and tuning in. We really appreciate uh, your feedback and your prayers. So thank you, Nate. So yeah, continue to take us through, Nathan. This is a very fascinating passage, and uh, and, and I just love all that's in here. Well, the next section will be seven through twelve, and it starts. So I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock. I took for myself two staffs, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bonds, and I fed the flock. I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. <clears throat> My soul loathed them, and their soul also abhorred me. Then I said, I will not feed you. Let what is dying die, and what is perishing perish. Let those that are left eat each other's flesh. And I took my staff, beauty, and I cut it in two, that I might break the covenant which I had made with all the peoples. So it was broken on that day. Thus the poor of the flock who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. Ooh. And Nathan, again, as we look through the Bible, isn't it amazing how suddenly we get flashbacks as we read through the Gospels, right, Nate? And we look at this passage, and uh, of course, this passage has a, a prophetic, uh, a profound prophetic meaning to it. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Well, it is. It's, it's finally God breaking his protection of the Jewish people as a nation. Now, I have seen people take this chapter and run with it for what's called replacement theology. The wow. idea that the church has re 
plague Israel, that this is conclusive proof that God was totally done with the Jewish people because he broke the staff of beauty, the staff of, right. of um, protection, and so that they would no longer be protected and then the promises would go to the church. But that's not the case at all. It was a temporary separation, but we know from many, many, many prophecies that God would renew, he yes. would bring them back, and he would restore them in the land again and restore a remnant of them who have accepted him as Savior into the promises of the millennial kingdom. So yes, this section is clearly, Jesus is wiping his hands. He's like, all right, you don't want my protection? Then you have to survive on your own for the next, say, 2,000 years or so. So he breaks that bond, and he's given it over to a worthless shepherd. Now, what's beautiful about this passage, man, and you, you hinted at it right there, is that it tells us that they weighed out 30 pieces of silver, these, these three shepherds who are worthless. Now, there are 40 different theories. Well, I was reading when I was uh, wow. for this. Yeah, when I was writing this, my chapter on Zechariah, uh, there was 40 different theories of who these three shepherds are. Some think it's the priests, the scribes, and, and the administration of kings over the land. They're not sure who those are. But clearly the human government over the Jewish people, God dismissed. They were worthless. They weren't leading the people towards God. And so God, they, these three worthless shepherds, then weigh out 30 pieces of silver. And you know who paid for Jesus' blood with 30 pieces of silver. Well, that was Judas, Nathan, if I'm not mistaken. You're absolutely right, man. You know that. Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. The, the leaders of the, the Sanhedrin, the governing uh, body at that time, the priests, and they, they weren't leading people to God at all. They were leading people to themselves. They were yeah. worthless. God hated them. He was always arguing with them whenever he was out preaching with the Pharisees because they, they worshipped man's laws and not God's laws. And they paid Judas 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. And that happens 500 years later. Man, isn't it exciting how many Bible prophecies are packed into Zechariah 11? I mean, it, it's, and that's what we encourage, right, Nathan? Anybody that is watching you live or listening right now, this is why Bible prophecy is so incredible and so detailed, Nathan. That's why people think that the Bible is vague and, oh, yeah, maybe it could say that or maybe it doesn't really say that. But we know it's super accurate and, and even to sharing the amount of pieces, right, Nathan? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I was discussing with a Muslim once, and they're like, oh, there's so many prophecies in Islam that, that are fulfilled to prove that the Quran is the true book of Allah. And then they start listing all the prophecies. And you're like, animals will be collected. And like, oh, yeah, that, that means there'll be zoos one day. See, look, you can believe it. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> no, those are just so vague in general that they could mean anything. But the Bible goes out of their way has specific prophecies. Matter of fact, 109 specific detailed prophecies about Jesus' first coming. And Jesus fulfilled all 109. And one of those, wow. we just read here, that he would be betrayed for 30, not 29, not 31, mm -hmm. but 30 pieces of silver, and he was. You know, Nathan, uh, you did uh, on your website, you have one of those short, incredible videos that are like a minute long. And you were talking about Bible prophecy and also you used a coin analogy that if it was a coin was like dropped in Texas, the probabilities. Can you share that with us or maybe point people to that video? I thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah, on our website at Christ and <clears throat> excuse me, we have what's called Bible Prophecy Insights. 
They're little one-minute videos that give you a, a message about Bible prophecy and then lead you to give you more information on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. This particular one was about the accuracy of Bible prophecy. Right. Now, Jesus fulfilled 109 prophecies. Now, there was a mathematician named Peter Stoner who calculated that the probability of Jesus fulfilling just eight right. of the 109 prophecies was 1 in 10 to the 17th power. That's 17 zeros. In other words, the, the possibility of that happening would be equal I, to filling the entire state of Texas two feet deep in quarters, mark one, throw it in, grind it all up, mix it all up, <laughs> take a blind man, drop him in the middle of the state, and the first one he picks up, that's the one with the mark. Now, most people don't realize how big Texas is. It takes 12 hours just to drive across it. Oh, goodness, I've done that before. It's a little big state. You know, the possibility is, it, it's impossible. It could never happen because of the probability is, and that's just eight of 109. Yet Jesus fulfilled all 109 500 years later. And brother, that should make anyone who has any doubts of the Bible evaporate because the Bible is truly the Word of God. And, and Nathan, that's why I love that video, and I, I, thought, I thought those were amazing, just those facts, and people need to recognize that when they open up the Word of God, this is power for living like a two-edged sword, and it's very accurate. Everything the Bible says is going to happen in the future. Well, how do we know? Because look at the past, right, Nathan? Right, right. Bible prophecies proves that the Bible is the Word of God. Don't dismiss the Old Testament. Some people just throw away the Old Testament. Ah, oh, that's past, that's history. You know, the preterists will tell you, oh, Bible prophecy was fulfilled in 70 AD. Well, these prophecies were fulfilled in the first century, but that doesn't mean the 500 prophecies in the Old Testament and 1 in 25 verses in the New Testament that are Jesus' second coming, that he would return. Matter of fact, we will read that once we get past chapter 11 in future episodes. Chapters 12 through 14 is about the return of the Messiah. So Zechariah was given the prophecies of the first coming and the second coming. Mm. And this is why we, again, we encourage those of you that are tuned in live. Uh, again, uh, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. And uh, again, we're talking about this incredible prophecies and accuracy uh, there in the book of Zechariah. We also thank those of you that are posting some questions there in uh, Facebook, uh, the uh, uh, Calvary Ventura and also T-Wave and continue to post those again. And if we don't get to you now, we will get to you. Uh, a little later. So we want to thank uh, Dominique Ramirez and again one of his comments what I didn't understand that the people have all these teachers and most powerful God and showed them many miracles and still didn't get it and uh, we understand everything uh, from God uh, and why and I, I think I got that that question uh, correct there but um, so these are some things that we'll get back to some of you and we'll definitely answer some of those questions in case we can't take those. But thank you for continuing to blog there and post uh, your questions and your comments and we thank you for that. But but Nathan, I'm, again, this is just uh, that verse 12 and 13 there, the accuracy uh, of that is incredible and how then when you read the Gospels, right Nate, it points so clearly in the Gospel to, to Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. It does, it does, and to answer Donnelly's question, it's because the people's hearts were hard. Right. They did not want God in their lives, they did not want God guiding them, giving them direction, or restraining them, uh, usually it's a sexual 
they want uh, the sexual freedom to do what they want. Yes. And uh, that's why the people, even though they were filled with teachers and all, they, their hearts, their minds were soaking it in, but their hearts weren't accepting it. And that, that brother, that fits just today. I mean, we're yeah. surrounded by the gospel. You can't turn on the TV without running into it or on the internet. But mentally, we might say, yeah, there's a Jesus, but have our hearts accepted to Jesus. Now, I think that's something that ties into Judas Iscariot here in verse 13. That Judas Iscariot followed Jesus for three years. Three years. He was a disciple. He was an apostle. He was supposed to shepherd the people when Jesus finally left. And instead, he betrayed Jesus because he had accepted Jesus mentally, but he hadn't accepted him in his heart. And so he betrayed Jesus because he wanted status in a new kingdom, mm. and he wanted money. He was willing to betray the Messiah for 30 pieces of silver. Verse 13 reads, And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, that princely price they sell on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Then I cut into my other staff bonds that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Ooh, again, Nathan, what a, and again, we want to thank those of you that are, are, again, shooting questions our way there via the blog or Facebook and continue to do that. But again, we see Nathan here. This is uh, the accuracy of Bible prophecy. And for anyone that maybe would like to do a little bit of homework, you can read in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 27 uh, there, and uh, you can read more of the story and the prophecy that Nathan here uh, is opening up for us in Zechariah chapter 11. So, Nate, again, we, we see here not just... Uh, a message for those of the time of Zechariah, but this also moves forward in time, and it's something that really we can all learn from. We can, we can. Judas uh, realized that uh, he betrayed Jesus, an innocent man. He said whether he still believed he was the Messiah or not. You know, it was pretty clear he didn't, mm -hmm. but he believed that still Jesus was a good, innocent man, and he regretted taking the money and he, he threw it to the potter. In other words. Uh, he threw it to the house of the Lord. He went back to the Pharisees. Right. They wouldn't accept the money because they said it was blood money. So he threw it into the temple. And the priests, since they couldn't use it in the temple, they used it to buy a potter's field. Now, there we go. We got two prophecies just in those two verses alone that were fulfilled. And just blow my mind because Judas Iscariot, uh, as Zechariah is reading the part as if he's Judas, and uh, we're getting to learn how the Bible is fulfilled all the time in prophecy. And yes. And Nathan, that's a great point. And this is why maybe you're tuned into the program and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. Listen, God's word is true. And also the wonderful promises that he has in store for you are also true. And you can receive those through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is why we, we pray that you would uh, consider starting that relationship uh, with the Lord. And every time we do a program, we take a few minutes just to encourage those of you watching and listening on the other side to come to Christ while there is still time. And Nathan, maybe for that person that is tuned in and they don't have a relationship with the Lord, would you be able to share with them briefly maybe how they can start that relationship with Jesus? It starts by putting your faith in Jesus Christ that He is the Son of God and that He has died for your sins. Accept that in faith. Uh, repent of your sins and ask Him to be your Savior. And He will be your Savior. He will transform your life and you will inherit the hope that you have of living with Him forever. Mm, awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And if you put your trust in Christ, we would love to hear from you. You can call us at 321 end time, 321-363-8463 or 305-992-9537. Or you can post there on the blog and we would love to celebrate with you. <laughs>
So Nathan, thank you for, again, sending out that, that wonderful invitation because you and I, when we talk about biblical prophecy, it's evangelistic. It's to change uh, people's hearts and minds. And it's not just to fill people's uh, minds with more information, right, Nate? But hopefully that they could react and obey the word of God. Wonderfully said, wonderfully said. Do we have time to finish? We only have uh, three more verses. Absolutely, let's do it. All right, verse 15. And the Lord said to me, Next, take for yourself the implements of a foolish shepherd. For indeed, I will raise up a shepherd in the land who will not care for those who are cut off, nor seek the young, nor heal those who are broken, nor feed those that stand still. But he will eat the flesh and the fat and tear the hooves in pieces. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. The sword shall be against his arm and against his right eye. His arm shall completely wither and his right eye shall be totally blinded. An amazing, another amazing prophecy, Nathan. And uh, can you talk to us about what's going on with this worthless shepherd? What is this all about here? Well, the Jewish people were batted around from country to country and worthless leader to worthless leader for 2,000 years. This takes us up to the Antichrist, a one world mm. leader will create a covenant with the Jewish people, as Daniel 9 tells us, for seven years. But he will be a worthless shepherd, right. and the Lord will strike him down, there some believe, because his his right eye is damaged and his arm is withered, that, that the Antichrist will have a with, you know, no right eye and a withered arm. But it also could be symbolic of the eye of intelligence and the arm which is strength. Right. But the Lord will cut down the worthless shepherd, and he will take his people back. And that's what we'll read as we get into 12 through 14. Nathan, thank you for bringing us to that uh, interpretation there. There's many views there uh, regarding that. And I, I, I always appreciate how you share the various ones. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we want to leave people with a little bit of homework, right, Nathan? So they can jump in and study by, on themselves. Exactly. So absolutely. So Nathan, again, a fascinating passage for those of you who have been tuned in. Zechariah chapter 11. Uh, we pray that you would take the time to read the following chapters. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. But we want to thank you for tuning in. Nathan Jones, I want to thank you for bringing us through another incredible passage. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Hey, love traveling through the Bible verses with you, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, for those of you that are tuned in, remember our lines will remain open. 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And make sure you reach out to us. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to be able to pray with you. But for now, we just want to thank you all for tuning in. And we want to thank the Lord uh, for what he's going to continue to do in your lives as you obey his scripture. So again, Dick and Nathan say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You guys have a great day.